Somebody told me that this planet was small. We used to live on the same building, on the same floor, and never met before until I'm overseas on tour and peeped this Ethiopian queen and from Philly taking classes abroad. She's studying film and float or flash, focus, record, saying that she saw my flick and could my click to the score. Said she loved my show in Paris at Elysium or more, and then I stepped off the stage and took a piece of her heart. Boom. What's going on, y'all? It is your new best friend, Cashmere, California, and this is the Pod is Good podcast, a.k.a. the Notorious P.I.G. Episode 31. Pod is good. And all the time, if you know, you know. If you don't, you're going to learn. Keep listening. Today, I have an incredible guest with me, as always. Another amazing, triumphant story. Another beautiful entrepreneurial story, someone who is not only a life coach, she's a makeup artist, and more than anything, she's inspiring, she's motivational, she's dedicated, and she's here with us today. So, without further ado, let's get it going. Latoya Deshaun. Hello there. <laughs> I'm doing good in this hot weather in LA. I oh am doing goodness. well. How are you? I'm I'm good. I am also suffering from this West, West Coast temperature. It feels like we were just on storm watch yeah. last week, and now it's like devil watch this week. It's crazy. <laughs> the, the heat is ridiculous, but you know. Glad you made it. Happy you're here. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Right. All right. Let's start with this. Let's start. Let's start in Chicago, because when I found out you were from Chicago, it hit my heart because me and my wife just came back from Chicago and it was my first time, like really like hanging out in the city. And I was like, yo, I love it here. You love it. I love it here. Like. The architecture is dope. That's why everybody always talks about the buildings, first thing. But then the food is dope. The people, at least that I was around, was dope. The, the, the lakes, I mean, it was just like, yo, Cali? Like, I'm already on Redfin before we get back on the plane. But, but, but you lived in Chicago, so you tell me, how is Chicago really? I mean, it's really the best place. In the world, I've okay, been a lot okay. of places, eleven countries, and wow. Chicago, hands down, is the best place in the world to be for everything wow. you just said. Um, and really, it is the people. I didn't even recognize that it was the people until I left and I moved back, and then I came back to visit, and I was mm, like, "Yeah, we're this, we're, we have a certain vibe, a certain energy that's not just black True. folks. Like, you know, like you can go listen to house music; it's like for everybody, you know, and right. you're gonna see everybody there. We're gonna be vibing, and so that really is a metaphor for the city to me is a vibe. And then when you get downtown, it's it's even more so. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. We went to this little like. I wish I could remember the name of it, um, like something street, but it's like a smokehouse, like a barbecue spot, right? Uh-huh. And and I kind of got that feeling when we were there because it was a little bit of everything in the space, um, but it was very open. Like the seating was open. People were like, you know, like one really long table that has like a few different groups of people sitting at the table and everybody was cool. They didn't yeah. feel like there was any, ah, uh, get away from me. It was good energy. 
Absolutely. You know, um, even though they say it's a really segregated city because we have 77 different neighborhoods, uh, for me, I have repositioned that to be more positive than it is negative. Like, I like the fact that you can't go into a Mexican neighborhood and like, I know I can go get the food that I want, you know, the authentic food that I want. I know I can go into a um, Korea town and I can get that kind of food that I want going mm. to the South Side. And, then, you know, uh, Puerto Rico, there's a huge flag uh, in, in that neighborhood, which is dope. You got to go see it. And so uh, I actually love that part uh, about it so that I can actually get to explore. And I'm an I'm, I'm authentic girl. So I, I like uh, to, 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 do, to delve into those type of things. Now, Chicago has uh, an, a storied history, not only in, you know, you go all the way back to organized crime, to yeah. politics, yeah. to architecture. Yeah. But one that, you know, we know it has a great hip hop history, too. Oh, yeah. Chicago yeah. has delivered when it comes to hip hop artists. So I'm gonna catch you off guard with this, but I need to know if you can, your top five Chicago artists of all time. Okay, that's so, I hate this, right? I know it, I know it, I know it. I'm so <laughs> but sorry. Before I, you get there, I just wanna acknowledge that this is the 50th year of hip hop and I did not see Chicago represented in the way that we <laughs> would have liked. Talk about it. And so when we're talking about that, we're talking about Twista, Do or Die, okay, yeah. comment. Um, mm. before, you and, and outside of hip hop, right, we're talking about Shaka Khan, you know. Like so, uh, you know, for me, I grew up on Twista. I grew up on Do or Die. I grew up on yeah. Conflict, you know. We grew up oh. On we grew up on common. Yeah. So uh those in are the, the middle of the ball. Like in, in there for that. And so um, you know, for me, mm. when those people come on, it, it, it is really Chicago, especially common. And we can even yeah. put Korean West on the list too. Like it's early yeah, absolutely Chicago, um, and definitely uh class yeah. and a vibe. Yep. You you watch um you follow ch uh chance. You know what? I was actually just saying something the other day. I just was like, I never really jumped on it. I think mm. I learned that he started with Acid Rap and yeah. um, recently just said that he's going to move away from Acid Rap. I saw him one of his concerts um, that he did in Chicago a few days ago. I have no idea about it. You know, even like Chief Keith, like I have no idea. So um, there are some people you just completely are removed from. Yeah. Um, but I did go to Chance's uh, Black Star Line concert in uh, Accra, Ghana this past January. So Dope. I'm a supporter, even though I may not know the songs. There you go. You got to support Chicago, right? Really? As long as you find, as soon as you find out they from Chicago, it's like, all right, well, bet you on the list. Yeah. Well, we had Jeremiah. Why we got to put Jeremiah on the list, too. Yep, I went yep. to college with him. So, you know. Oh, dope. Had, uh, yeah, for sure. Dope. Did you ever do any music yourself? No, but my parents uh, are part of a group called the Classic Sullivans, and they did tour with Motown. So, what? yeah, which is random. And then my, my uncle Eddie Sullivan was uh, best friends with Marshall of the Shy Lights, and so he was the writer of the group. So, yeah, well, all that yeah. was before I was born, though. Yeah, but I know he still got to, you know, try to sing a little bit at the family reunion, let people know he still got it, right? Here's the thing my, <laughs> uncle, passed, my uncle passed away a few years ago, but let me tell you oh, something about oh. him. He would. He dressed up every day. He, I never seen there him wear a jean in my life. There you go. Ever. You got to coordinate. That's he right. was ready every time. I love it. Always on go. <laughs> that suave, you know, like you know, wear the shirt with you know, no shirt on, short yeah. little nipple. Oh, he, there you go. He was part of that era. He was, yeah. One too many buttons open. I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. Swag it out. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so that's a little about Chicago, separate from you. 
Mm-hmm. Now let's get to you in Chicago. So you grew up in Chicago. Fondest childhood memory. Like, what's the one thing that jumps out to you about your childhood in Chicago? Oh, uh, playing with my cousins every mm-hmm. day. Uh, I have a huge family. And so uh, my cousins who are in age with me, it was probably about 10 or 15 of us. Uh, yeah. so, like my my mom and her siblings. And so I remember my granddad used to pick us up from grade school and we just used to give him hell, but whatever. And then, we, you know, we would all go to grandma and granddad's house until right. the parents picked us up. And so I just remember having fun coming in, watching Power Rangers, The Box, you know. Watching oh, The Box, yeah. yeah. The Box, you used to, we they used to watch the numbers and they used to, you used to know your song was going to come and everything. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in and out the house playing outside until it's nighttime all that good stuff in chicago we like to i call it we have a porch culture in chicago uh, which means and because la doesn't have one like we sit on our no. porch and we kick it at night you know all that stuff um and and i miss that so much and you know there are there's a, a portion of la that actually does have porches but they don't really just kick it on them like that because exactly. you know it in that porches. area you don't really want to just i mean you know you saw boys in the hood. You don't really want to just be the same thing for when I grew up. It's just that everybody know that most most of the time the gang members are your cousins. So for me, those are my cousins. Uh, you know, right? <laughs> you know. So you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, all right, these so, tell us if we're not good. <laughs> right. That part. Yeah. Um, all right. So so you a kid playing with playing with your cousins, family time all the time, giving grandpa hell. You know, but he's he's loving it. He's his grandbabies. He's he's been ready for this, right? Um, food. Chicago is known for a few different foods. You got the Chicago dog. You got Chicago pizza. You got Garrett's popcorn. You got, you know, you got food in Chicago. What what's your food when you're a kid? What's your what's your thing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Chicago has seven thousand restaurants. Okay, so one that is a fun fact: over seven thousand. Um, but as a kid, definitely on the weekend we had our pizza, and so I just want to make this clear because yeah. it just seems like this is going to be an argument till after I die. But there's always this conversation about uh, deep dish versus thin crust. Obviously, this always. is Chicago versus New York, and so. Yes. I feel like Chicagoans want to let everybody know that we actually grew up eating thin thin crust pizza. We did. So thin thin crust is what you would order, and that's what we would have, like, at the house. So Friday night, all the kids are over, you know, everybody's partying, kicking it. We're going to order Italian fiesta, thin crust. But if we go out to a restaurant and we dine or someone comes into town, we're going to go make sure we go hit up the the deep dish place, which we're still going to order thin crust as well. And so I just want to make that very clear. We own both. <laughs> Which one's better? I, you know what? I don't got time. If one of my friends was here, they'd probably be <laughs> This is the type of conversations. This is what I mean. But like, I like both. It's okay. I like, I like both. That's how I feel. I, I heard Bobby Flay say, like, he's like, what's the argument with which pizza's better? He, he said, New York is pizza. Deep dish, that's not pizza. He's, he's like, that's like lasagna. He he discredited completely, but I'm like, I've had both. They call it pie. They call it pie. I heard that, but right. that's for people not in Chicago. People in Chicago is deep dish pizza. Right. Right. All right. So outside of that, you know, you, you grow, you go through high school, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, one day you decide what I'm going to do with my life. What's the first thing that, you, that you're thinking? What's, what's your first dream, I guess is my question. 
Oh, I mean, I would say like I knew that I was a boss early on mm. in terms of uh, like I just I knew what what it is I didn't want to do or didn't want to be around a certain energy. And then also I felt like if you're not going to get what I need done, I'm going to get what I need done. Right. Mm. So how I exhibited that was let's go back to 13 years old when my mom wanted to put me in a, a private school. And at that time, you know, it was a thing, you know, to have your child in private school. I'm sure you were around that time. It's like my Absolutely. kid in private school. Right. And it's All like right. but you've never been to private school. And so um, I remember getting accepted and then hiding the letter because I didn't want to go in which they sent a second letter. And I didn't get to that one fast enough. And then I get into the interview with my mom and I, they're pretty much talking to me about the school. And I just tell the lady straight up, like, I'm not going to this school. I'm not wow. going. You know why my mama got me here? Like I'm not going, and wow. I, already, I already got a plan. Like she, wow. I don't get it. And so, pretty much, I I had to get to work. And so, I myself wanted to go to a certain school, uh, Chicago High School for Agricultural Sciences, Chaz. It, um, and I made sure I applied. I got a hookup. My eighth grade teacher hooked me up. We found okay. somebody. I took the test. I got in. And then my mom was just kind of looking. Nice. There was nothing she could say at that point because I just saved you a whole lot of money. This school is ranked number six in Chicago. What's the problem? Hey, what are we talking about? Yeah. And I also knew that I I was going to excel. I didn't need like a certain school to get the prestige. Like I knew that, mm. like, that I was a smart student and that I also liked school. So I'm going to put my best foot forward. You ain't got to do all this, mom. This is you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then you know a lot of people get into school and don't they don't really know where they're going you know what i mean they don't really have a plan it sounds like you had a plan but for most people it's just like well i've been told i should go to school and my parents want me to go to school so here i am i guess i'll figure it out later i i knew i wanted to go to college yeah so in my mind like the kind of school that i'm choosing is mm. setting me up also for the next thing and uh, so I had that foresight. And um, yeah. also, I want to make it very clear the reason why I didn't want to go to that school, because it was a primarily Mexican school. No disrespect to Mexicans, but it was in an area that's not so great, like not an area mm. you just hanging around in, you know. And so for yeah. my mom, I just don't think that she was really observant or really looking at the impact. I feel like having me in an all Mexican neighborhood at an all Mexican school would severely change the trajectory of my life. And if she had brought me to a public, uh, a private school that had black kids there as well, which there were schools in Chicago like that, maybe I would have considered it. But where she had me on the border of Chicago, no way in the world I was going there. It, it wasn't happening. It no wasn't way. Happening. Exactly. So, so I said, I'm going I'm to succeed wherever I go. Like you said, there's not much mom can say at that point. I mean, it's like, OK, uh, sounds like you got to figure it out. That was the first beginning stages of me sort of like curating the kind of life that I wanted. Mm. So you felt in control. Well, I won't say I, I mean, I, I just felt like uh, I won't say I was in control because it took a lot for me to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but I was just very grateful that yeah. I did get the choice to go where I wanted to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and to your best recollection, like what what set you up for that? point you know what i mean like that place of like i know i'm gonna succeed i know i'm not gonna wait for this i'm not gonna have it based on this i'm like betting on myself i know i'm gonna do it like what gave you that confidence i was already showing myself to be a leader in grade school 
I was the one that you would call on to be like the captain of something, the president of something, the leader mm. of something. Um, it was me and one of my friends, we're still good friends to this day. And my eighth grade teacher, who we still talk to, she always says and acknowledges, she said, you and him were the ones. Wow. And we demonstrate that today in the various things that we've done in our life. So I, I knew that. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. That's incredible. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Okay, so we're just going to jump from there and go straight to now you're a makeup artist, right? Mm -hmm. Not not now, I'm saying, but in, in Chicago, I'm getting to the point where you are a makeup artist. I heard in one of your lives you were like, uh, I was a struggling makeup artist in Chicago. So yeah. tell me about the early struggles. For anybody out there that might be trying to aspire to that, let them know what are some of the the, the, the pain points <laughs> in being a makeup artist. <laughs> Well, I want to go just a little bit back before that um, to sort of give you some context on why I called it struggling. Um, okay. I had already went to college and graduated. I had already at that time studied abroad, went to three countries, China, Korea, and Paris and studied there. Um, and then I graduate and then I go start working for corporate America. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I just choose for my life? This is terrible. I cannot stay at a desk like for eight hours. It was terrible. And Got so it. Um, it. I literally, my mom had always put her makeup on and I was like wore makeup for like eighth grade graduation, stuff like that. So she was okay with it. And I mean, and by makeup, like foundation, not just like lip gloss, eyeliner stuff. Like I, yeah. I had, I have foundation on in my eighth grade pictures. And so she was that kind of girly girl, which was cool. And so um, uh, I would always wear the makeup in college and things like that. And then when I got out of school a little bit, Mac was the top company around that time. And mm -hmm. one of the few companies that was real big on artistry um, and artistic expression from a consumer standpoint, everywhere else was more considered pro. And got so, got it. and so as I was, you know, going to buy and, and all the girls, all the millennials know we was at the store getting Ooh Baby lips, uh, lip gloss from Mac and that clear lip glass that y'all love um, and all that stuff. And so you're, you're buying a little bit here and there. And so every time I would go to a counter, they would think that I was interviewing because of the way my makeup and just my demeanor was. Ah. Yeah. And so, um, I one day just was like, hey, let me, uh, I met someone, her name, actually same name as me, LaToya. Hmm. I met her out at the mall and I said, hey, I, she, what, if, what if I did something like this? And she said, hey, come here on a Tuesday. I'll teach you whatever you need to know to get nice. to this Yeah, I did that. Appreciate her so much. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, and so I left working at um, a media company uh, to start freelancing because that's what I was offered uh -huh. uh, with the company. But again, that was my first job ever in makeup working for MAC Cosmetics. I don't think that that's crappy. Not um, at all. Not at all. <laughs> at all. And, and I mean, and, and hold on. Sorry to cut you off, but you yeah. kind of glossed over it. But this was, uh, I think, kind of a big thing to talk about. You lived lived in how many countries? I studied abroad three times while I was in college and got them all paid for. So my first trip was China. Uh -huh. um, my second, which changed my entire life. So a lot of my work today yeah. is built off of that foundation of me going um, yeah. on trip at 19 years old. And then right after that, I was hooked. It was just like getting a tattoo. So it's like, where's the next country? So um, I did... Uh, France, Paris, France for uh, the holiday New Year's. That was amazing. Everybody was drinking Moe. That's when I realized it was called Moe. Right, and, you right. know, <laughs> and that was awesome. These rappers, these rappers had it all wrong. Yeah. This whole that, time. 
imagine 20 years old, you're in Paris and the Champs-Élysées, New Year's Eve, and everybody has a bottle of Moet kissing each other. Wow. I will never forget that. Exactly. Um, and then after that, I went to Korea. So I went to Seoul, Korea, um, South Korea. And so I uh, got them all paid for. I went to University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, which is number one for, at that time, for study abroad. It was nice. number, yeah. So it's just a lot of, re I'm just a girl who utilizes her resources. Like You do. I'm saying like, I'm not going to, you can't say no to me. I'm going to find it. Like, you know, I got it all paid for. And so when we talk about, again, um, these opportunities that parents might think you should have and that you have another vision for yourself, I'm thankful that I was able to cover, get those trips paid for because had I asked my parents, they would have been like, no, they were already mm -hmm. very hesitant to yeah. have me go out the country. And honestly, at that time, like what black folks were traveling like that, unless they were in the military. Man. Right. And, and paid for and pay for so really i'm like mom there's nothing that you can do and honestly it took wow. me five, it took me a one month to spend five hundred dollars there so yeah wow yeah so yeah um, i'm impressed yo that's incredible <laughs> that's incredible salute to you thank you thank you salute it changed every everything about what i said so when we're talking about what it is that i'm doing want to do for the rest of my life once mm -hmm. i went to china i knew exactly what it is i wanted to do it yeah. really started from i know the system i know how to pimp this system yo like yeah. i can get black kids y'all need to go to college let me show y'all how y'all ain't gotta pay for these trips these take these online classes you know stop just going to class every day you know yeah find other non-traditional ways. And so I was ready. So after I did those trips, I single-handedly convinced at least five people within that next year, to, uh, five black people to go study abroad. Nice. Absolutely. I did. Nice. I was not playing. I was like, right. we're going to go to this office. You can get this money, fill out this thing. And every last one of them got to pay for it. That, see, and that's, that's why I felt like I should go back. When you said I, I went and studied abroad at three, I'm like, hold on. That sounds, because, you know, going to another country, it it can sound like a short story, right? You tell somebody, oh, yeah, I went to blah, blah, blah. Very easy. But the the actual journey there, whether it's how long the flight is, it's the longest flight you probably ever took at that yeah. point, and what it's like getting off the plane and mm -hmm. trying to order food for the first time, and you know all these little things. There's so many nuances that develop you as a, as a human being, yeah. being in a new place. You know what I mean? Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. When I did it, first of all, the flight was 12 hours to China. Um, it was light the entire time. It was a 12 hour oh. difference. So. Um, we went in the air in the, in the light time. We never, it never wow. was not light. It that was wild. But um, also, you know, China has a lot mm. of smog. So you look up at the sky and it's a gray sky. It's not really right. white right. like that. Um, uh, I single-handedly saw a building that looked like the White House. The way they built that in two weeks or the progress that was made within two weeks, I was just like, oh, my God. America is just the laziest. They just, you know, contracts and they just stay out. Construction workers will be, if it's a three-year project, they're they going to take three, hours, oh, yeah. three, three years to do it. Where over in China, I saw a McDonald's built from the ground up day I'm gonna call it day zero. We saw mm. nothing but pavement. Day four, there was a working Shut McDonald's up. where I went and got a little fish. Shut up. And I remember because the people in my group was pissing me off because they kept eating all the, <laughs> all the food off the lazy Susan. 
white folks I was hanging out with, and I was just like, could y'all stop hoarding the food and let it go oh, around my. once? That's how good this food was. Yes. So one day I said, I'm tired of all of y'all. And I got up and I went to the McDonald's and got a play of this day four. Day four. That's different. Yeah. And then when I got on the bus the next day, I told them how trashy I thought they all were. And then I went to McDonald's and they was like, no, you did. It's not open. No, you did. Road passed by. They all was like, well. Because you're right. <laughs> if that contract was three years out here, they would take three and a half years. They still going to find a way <laughs> to do some change orders. Four years. <laughs> Four days, the oh best filet of fish goodness. I've ever had to this day. Yeah, yeah. So I know that there's a lot there. I know we're not going to dig too much into international travel today, but I know for a fact that each country that you were blessed to spend time in brought something. You know what I mean? Uh, I did want to ask one yeah. question about it. Did you, are there any lifelong friends that you kept from any of those journeys? Oh, I mean, you, yeah. oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so Korea, um, uh, that was such yeah. a dope trip Seoul, too. Korea. Um, uh, we studied Seoul, Korea. We studied agricultural vocational education. Um, and one day, this guy—he was a teacher at one of the schools. Because in Korea back then, I don't know if it's the same today. That was one of the best careers you could do to get money when you were uh, teaching abroad. It was wow. one of the best countries. And so uh, he was one of the teachers, and he was like, "Hey, let's all go out to dinner, or whatever." It just seemed like it was going to be low key. He had a girlfriend. This man invites us and it's all these people here, like at least 20 people who he has also invited, uh, you know, in our small yeah. group from America. I was like, oh my God, yeah. who is this dude? You know, I just really appreciated it. Um, I went to China in 2005. I just saw him again last year. He's from Cape Town, South Africa. Him and that woman are now married with two That's kids and I stayed dope. with him for five days. That's dope. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Telling you that, <laughs> that if, if anybody's listening, you, if you didn't pick up on it, if you haven't got a chance to travel outside of the country, do it. Truthfully, if you can't go outside the country, just travel to even to another state. I'm, I've talked to people in California that haven't been out of California except to go to Vegas. For sure. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my gripes about this place. <laughs> Right, right. And, it, and this place will fool the people here to feeling like this is it. You know what I mean? This is like the epicenter of Earth. And for some people, it is. So That's let's true. not take that away from them. Like for some people, it is. Yeah. Just, Just not me. <laughs> All right. So, so, so do we get to now you've learned from the girl who taught you, which was dope. So she teaches you everything she knows. Yeah. That's your first job at Mac. Right. And then yep. it sounds yep. like you become not just an entrepreneur, but an intrapreneur. Like you kind of built it from within Mac to kind of learn your skills, to hone your talents. And then you moved it outside of Mac. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's when I really saw how I'm like a sales. Mm -hmm. I'm a boss when it comes to selling. So that whole line when Jay-Z says I can sell water to yeah. a well, I'm a hustler, baby. I can sell yeah. water to and a you, well. I'm you even like got the, the rapper like Twitch every time you say boss. You're like, you, you, not one time have you said, you know, I'm a boss. You're like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm a boss. You know, you, it, you, you grit up a little bit. I mean, <laughs> you I'm mean just, it. I have results. <laughs> so, not just yes, the words. Just, not just the words. Yes, 
it's results. Um, and so, yeah, like I noticed then that I was an incredible seller because um, in freelance, a lot of times, uh, because you're not ringing on the register and you're just freelancing, you don't work for the store, mm -hmm. you're rotating your sales. So from the permanent employees, you basically are rotating and giving them a sale. So they started noticing how good I was. So they were getting pissed off. They're like, Toya, you better get them sales right. Oh, oh Toya's up next. Oh, well, I don't got nothing to worry about. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I start, women started lining up to get like matched with foundation. They wow. like I would have a line, you know, and it was like, yeah, which I had to cut all that out because y'all not going to run me to the ground because you don't think these right. girls can do that makeup. Part. That's what we're not going to do. But but I still noticed that I had a, a gift and, and, and someone even told me that I was really good at uh, matching foundation skin. So matching a uh, foundation to uh, to their skin, as well as just being a really good seller and knowing how to convert um, more items than just like one or two or things like mm. that, like really helped yeah. me to stand out and start my career. Um, and then I eventually moved on to Smashbox Cosmetics to where, okay, so let's, let us give you a little context. I went and got my master's degree during that time. Uh, went to Loyola University. Was you like doing Chicago, makeup, reading so, the book at the same time? Yeah, I was literally like green makeup, blue makeup, going to Loyola University, Jesuit religious university, popping up at like 5 p.m. for the class. Right. right? That's me. And, um, which I did half of those girls who got married in my master's program. I did oh, their makeup for the party, which is really nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I was doing both. And then I had a spirituality teacher um, who at the time um, had told me, she said, said, like, I really wonder, like, what would happen with your makeup career if you just solely focused on that? Because, like, you're good. I'm looking at her like, this degree costs $40,000. I don't know what you're talking about. You better talk about this degree and these classes. Um, but then I talked to my friends also, and they was like, we agree with her. At that time, I had graduated, and it was hard to find a job. This was mm. around the recession, um, or like 2006, 2007, yeah. so it was about yeah. to start ruining. Um, and I just was not excited about the process of trying to look for a gig outside of uh of, 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 of my master's, my degree is in higher education administration. So to work for a college or university, you got to go through background checks and things like that. And at that time, PhD, people who have PhDs were already being laid off. So they was taking those master's positions. So if I didn't have any real experience, if you offered me the job, I got like no benefits, no nothing. So it was like as good as nothing. And so I was just frustrated. Um, and then I got the uh, the makeup gig. And so, well, I actually got that before I did my master's, but I decided to just take it more seriously. And so instead of look to work within something to build up my credentials, let's look at what I already have, which is I work inside of makeup. I'm able to curate these experiences. Let me find what I am, my skills and my, my capabilities within this go. thing that I'm doing. And so as a result of doing that and working with Smashbox Cosmetics, I ended up breaking a record there. And so that's the, uh, I worked at Macy's, which is the second largest store in the United States. And I broke a record uh, for the most sales Damn. on the floor that year. Yeah. So I, I was a manager. I had a team of two. Um, and together we, we we broke the record on the floor. Okay. Okay. So I get it. You know, you're <laughs> you're incredible with the. You know, I get it. You're an artist. So now I need to know because I'm not that good with it. So so what color, what, what, what's the number that I need to look for? What brand should I be looking for as I get my makeup, you know, swag right? I can tell you right now, every about every about twenty companies, I could tell you your shade. If you was NARS, you would mm. be Macau. If you was back, you'd mm. be NC fifty. If you was 
Dior, you'll be five in. If you was Bobby Brown, you'll be six point five on. Okay? You go, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, I worked for it. like all she of them. You got it. All right, so so it sounds yeah. like it was great. Tell me the downside. Everything has a downside. Oh wait. So once I so I want to make that clear. Um, I. So after I done well and you know succession planning, because at that time I wanted to be a trainer, and again my whole at, from day one I just wanted to teach. So and what so whether it was teaching kids how to get into college and play the system, uh, you know the other thing was now I'm in makeup. How do I go be a trainer and go train all over the world? Because now I've studied abroad. So how do we international trainer all that stuff? Only you know it's just really hard because I'm a black woman. I think who uh, has this sort of energy and. When you're in these spaces, sometimes a lot of people want to bring you down or remind you or try to devalue you or 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 on the other side, you're you're an incredible seller for these people and they don't want to lose their best uh, health. So you got both of those going on. Right. I guarantee you they have not broke that record wow. yet. And I did that over 10 years ago. Wow. I bet you. And so um, uh, quite naturally, as I asked for succession planning, my um, my boss asked me if I wanted a hug. And so uh, those are the beginning stages of like, wow, damn, like you can work so hard and then these people will be trying to get you out the door right after that. Um, incredibly Did devastated you say you asked because. Oh, um, well, he asked for a hug. Mm -hmm. Say, so you want a hug? Oh. And I want to, uh, and I don't yeah. even want to stay on that for too long, but I didn't even know I broke a record until the lady at Chanel, the manager at Chanel, told me. My bosses weren't even wow. talking. Yeah, exactly. Trying to keep us down um, just a little bit, just a, get, get, a lot right. of it sometimes. So, um, I that's when I learned that people work for people. Yeah. They don't work for companies. People always work for people. So quite naturally, I just stopped working for them. So I just was doing the bare minimum. And this just goes to show you how awesome I was because even at my bare minimum, I was still getting accolades. I was literally in there like, "What can I do to do bad so I can like get fired?" Because what you're going to do is fire me so I can get all unemployment. You know hey, I know the game. You're not going to let me. Do, right. I'm not just going to go. Right. So uh, how do I get fired? But uh, the way Macy's work is, it's, it's very HR and all that stuff. So um, one day, one, one woman came up to me in the beauty section and said, something's going down with you. Like, they pulled us all off the floor to talk about you. And I was like, what? Right. And what's What's crazy about it is she was the person who worked at Elise who came and told me. So you'll have all these people around you. You think you're your friends and they in the office. Wow. Me. So that was, yeah. And then, so what I did was to be smart, I took my client book of 300 clients that I've acquired while working there and took that home that day. Cause that's my real estate. You just, okay? you that, like, that's, I, I see the writing's on the wall. Let's play the so game. let's play the game. Yeah. We're going to play the game. I took it home that day. I was in an interrogation room for two hours the next day and escorted out the building. Exactly. It's hold just on, like that. You're, you're in Macy's <laughs> interrogation room because you took the clients or because something? No, it's just like when they arrest you, right? They don't know nothing. So when you get arrested and they don't charge you, they don't know. So they put you in interrogation and get you to tell on yourself. Did, did you get a feel for about. what their assumption was? Like, what did they think? 
They wanted to try to get me for stealing, uh, but you can't. I'm not. I mean, this is my career that I want to do for a long time. Yeah. I wouldn't dare steal a piece of product when we also got a lot of free products. So, no. So even when they were trying to ask people on the floor, like, "Have I done uh, anything?" or any, like, no one could say because I'm not that type gosh. of person. Like, I have integrity. So, um, but I do know one girl who still follows me on the Instagram who was a trick, and I still just be looking at her like, "You literally went up in there." Hey, hey, but whatever. That, that's her. That's her. That's her grind. Don't keep me. Don't put me back there. But um, <laughs> uh, and so they didn't have anything on me, so they were trying to get me to admit to some wrongdoing. And so anyway, uh, what I did tell them was when I first worked for the company, um, I, you have so many bosses. You have your Macy's bosses, then you have like your your makeup bosses, trainers, account executives, everybody coming in and out. So when I was first hired, they came in and brought me makeup. They usually do that uh, when you're fresh to give you some stuff to start wearing. Um, and I didn't check it out. So you're supposed to get it signed out, things like that. So how Macy's ended up getting me is because I told them that my trainer gave it to me and I left and I didn't sign because I was like, it was like the first week I had no idea what anything was about. That because I said that and because in the HR handbook, it says that any product that comes into the store is considered Macy's property, that they said I was stealing because I took it out. Mm -hmm. And now but prior to this, you said something like you wanted them to fire. You were trying to figure out something to do to get fired. Why were you trying to be fired? Oh, because I knew my ceiling was up. After I broke a record, I wasn't going to work that hard for them no more. But again, it's time to move on. You're not going to promote me. Then I need to try to go somewhere else then, you know, and that's just that. And they also did some other shady stuff. Like my other full timer, they were, she had applied for another position and everything and she got it with the counter next to me. And I remember she came up to me and told me, hey, Toya, I got this job. They didn't want me to tell you. They told me not to tell you anything. And these are the bosses on my side. So it was just so, of course, when I confronted them, you know, they didn't know what to say so it's like we just yeah. gotta get toy out of here she she know she know we ain't nothing she know we yeah, playing she's, her she's like, gotten too strong <laughs> yeah so if she ain't gonna yes. go we gotta get her out and i believe they had a whole meet like we gotta go up in this book and figure yeah. out what we gonna get her for because she she's doing she's been doing wow that. so very traumatic very traumatic uh yeah. experience for me in the beginning yeah, especially to to, to perform that way, to basically be the you know the superstar on the sales floor, to just be crushing it in every direction, breaking records, people coming in just for, and then for to be to end it being escorted out by security. Escorted out by security. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, but it was the catalyst to me making a decision to decide to start okay. uh, to move to LA. And so uh, a lot of things happened, but I started to hear a mm. sign from God. At that time, my cousin had got engaged to a really prominent actor who has now has awesome. two Oscars. Um, so they got married, and I remember they came to the uh, when I because they got married in Chicago. So when they came to Chicago, I did her makeup twice. The first day he was like, "Oh, it's really good. It's really good," you know. And then the second day he was like, "You gotta come yeah. to LA. You gotta come here. It's really good," nice. you know. Nice. Um, I'm like, okay, cool. At the time, I was trying to go to New York because that's where my cousin had lived, and I was trying to go to New York way. And then when she get engaged, I'm like, now you didn't put a wrench in. You my done messed plans. up everything. Um, you and your, you and your love. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so uh, his name is Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Ali. Is, uh, 
Yeah, the one from House yes. of Cards, uh, um, Hunger Games. Congratulations, whatever, good sir. Green Book. You, you messed up things for Latoya, but <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, and then, so I the one thing she said changed the trajectory of how mm -hmm. I made my move, and. Um, I said, okay, girl, I'll go to LA, but why don't uh, help me find an yeah. apartment and I'll go. And she says this, and this changes everything. She says, I can't do this for you. And oh. I was just like, wow, okay. And then I went to sleep, kind of ponder it. Uh, and then I woke up the next day and a few things happened. Uh, well, I woke up the next day and I said, you know what? I've never had anyone do anything for me. They, no one ever has made it happen for me but me. So why am I like already trying to have a crutch when yeah. like that ain't even me? Um, and then a couple of things happened. I got like four different signs uh, from God to wow. basically say go, um, which one of them was I watched Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen hmm. and Oprah was on there. She was talking about reading the book, The Power of Now. And she was talking about how she doesn't worry about the past or she doesn't worry about the future. She's yeah. worried about now. Um, and I don't remember the other two things, but the last thing that happened was my dad is like one of the cheapest people alive, most frugal people okay. alive. Okay? My kind of dad. That's um, my kind of dad. And so, that's my, my I love mind. that guy already. And I don't so, even know him. I love that guy. Cheap for no reason. And so I was like, if I asked him to move in with him for six months and not pay mm. any rent, I know if he says yes, then I know this is what God wants me to do this because my dad is the cheapest person in life, right? So I pick up the phone. I say, okay, dad. So, you know, I think I'm ready to get up out of here. I'm going to go towards LA six months. I just need six months. I'm not going to pay you no rent because yeah. I'm, I'm unemployed. I'm on unemployment. I only got a job when I'm talking to him about this, but I'm like, I'm going to leave in six months. So I just need a place to stay so I could do that and, you know, go, you know, and then I'll be in LA. And the words that came out of his mouth was, get your stuff and come wow. on. And for me, I was like, what? No argument? No, nothing. no I didn't I thought, cry. I was shocked. I you let out the glory tear. Like, oh my goodness, yes. That was a shock. Like, all right, well, then yeah. let's just start packing in. Because let's hurry up before something change, changes me. I put everything on Craigslist. I had everything on Facebook. I had people hitting me up in the DM. What's going on? Why are you selling everything? What you doing? And, you know, you kind of got to yeah. move in silence. Yeah. So I didn't tell people really what I was doing. And so for the next six months, I leave, I live between my dad's house. Oh, because I had to be out that week. Like my mm. lease at the end of the week, it was like the next month. So I had, that's why yeah, I looked yeah. like it was so abrupt because it was like a week. Um, but the next six months, I spent time between my mom's house, my sister's house, and my dad's house. So I pretty much kept my suitcase in the trunk. Um, and then started freelancing again for makeup companies uh, and then um, just knew I needed to add the money up so that I could be able to move. So, you know, we always talk about the entrepreneur journey. What are you really willing to do? You know, and that was one of the things that I so had good. to do to be able to afford to move out. Yeah. Um, and then I heard God say, you know, have $3,500, just have $3,500 mm -hmm. to start. And I was like, okay. And so by the end of the year, so September to the end of December was to get the money and then money between January and February, like start getting your preparing to get up out of here. Um, and so I remember December 31st, I counted the money. It was $3,700 in cash. And I was just like, oh my God. Okay, God, I think you want me to do this. Like all these things, you know, do God, do you want me to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And so um, once I got the $3,700, then I said to myself, well, I wasn't really prepared for all of this. So I need to get up out of here. 
And so I ended up uh, having a friend who's a host, who was a hostess. Uh, I said, I'm going to have a party and I want you to host it so that number one, I don't have to go visit everybody before I say goodbye. But two, so that if anybody see me after this party, they're going to all be like, why are you here? Why are you here? I'm supposed to be in LA. So like I literally did that to put the final kick in my butt. So I have this party and it's awesome. You know, people can barely fit in my mom's house. And it's just like so crazy. So many people. And I will say I didn't expect anything. I literally I provided the food, everything. And I just was like, just come say bye. So my family cooked the food. And like between my friends and a few family members, I ended up getting an extra nice. $1,000. Very nice. And so it's one of those moments where, you know, sometimes I think it's hard for family members who don't come from just like healthy support and knowing mm. how to support one another. It's how they choose mm. to show up in different ways. Right. You know, I might say she's sorry or she love you, but she might cook right, a right, right. for you, you know. Well, I saw them show that love in that way. And, and I remember that was the first time I ever cried for like three hours and I couldn't stop myself. I actually was praying while I was crying to Beautiful stop crying moment. because I could not I could, yeah, I could not control that because I was doing this thing, but I didn't know that like silently this, if this is what it looks like for you to be rooting for me, like I receive it. So I was overwhelmed. Um, and then like uh, two days later, me and my cousin get in a car and we drive to um, LA. And one day after that, I go to the makeup show to start networking. Okay. So dope. And I, I love that you created like um, a force factor, basically. Like I'm going to have a party that says I'm leaving to make sure that now I got to go. Like, I always think that that's great yep. to do. It's, it's a very smart strategy to, uh, to kind of get rid of your procrastination and, you know, ensure that you do what you said you were going to do kind of thing. I think that's always great. Yep. Um, so, so during that time though, yep. you know, you, you moving pretty freely, you know what I'm saying? I'm hearing, you know, you working, you're going to get your masters, you do like you not, LA, I can come. Bow, I'm out. You, you doing it. No relationships at this time? <laughs> I mean, let me try to, let me get a telescope. Let me try to think, look, see that far. Um, I would say my last, what I would consider um, like a relationship that felt real to me was around 23. So when I first started mm. my master's, um, and he was getting his master's as well, too. It was a cool experience of us both getting our master's. And we Same both school. artists as well. So he did. No, he went to Robert Morris University and he got his stuff and like, see, he got the CPA. Yeah. He went that route. Um, but he's also, uh, he did music. He had a really good song at that time. And so, you know, I'm doing makeup. Yeah, so we kind of yeah. had the art thing going on. I was cool. I'll be know? honest. You, you glowing um, right now. I'm just going to let you know. I don't know what, what happened with y'all. But right now, as soon as you start talking about him, you kind of glowing. I'm just going to let you Oh, no, it's okay. No, no, no. It was a reason why I ended for sure. We're still yeah. cool via Facebook, and I'll probably send him this clip just to make him blush as well. But no, we're good. <laughs> the reason it ended. And so, <laughs> I love you still. <laughs> Don't be mad, be mad when I see you this clip. Don't be mad at me when I see you. He won't be. Um... And so, and we have we have a tattoo. We got uh, I won't say we got matching tattoos, but we got tattoos at the same time. So I'll I'll never forget them, you know, and things like that. So I had a good time with them until you know it was done, and then um, you know, moved on, and then uh, kind of dated a, a drug dealer Oof. for a while, which was which like, Ooh, that was boy. the love right there. Though. That that was the love right. He wasn't no bad, but you know those are the softest ones. I, I live in I live in Cali. I don't know that. I don't know that we. 
Oh yeah, no, they're the yeah. softest ones talking. Like they, they, yeah, drug dealers have routines. They do. They act like old people. <laughs> like they, they are very they much like. like I take the dog out at this time. I get the newspaper at this time. Like I have. To I've never heard time. anybody like, was, equate drug dealers to acting like old people with a routine. I've never heard that. Please. Yeah, they're very routine. And then like you clean up, you like you're a junkie. You clean up my house, everything. I'm like every day, you're like the old man, what? like getting mad about it, cleaning it. I'm like, I know you're gonna clean it. Just clean it. You're like, blowing my mind right now. <laughs> so yeah, so even though that one was still that one was toxic because you know um, wasn't as honest, and obviously I didn't find out his dishonesty until I, I overly mm. cared about him. Um, but uh, really, 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 really enjoyed him. I would I would say out of all the men in my life, like he he sticks there the the most um, in terms of like mm. how I felt uh, and how and he so, felt about me. If you don't mind, what what was the dishonesty yeah. that just? Oh my God! He had a whole girlfriend and a baby, a newborn. Yeah, that's that's kind of big. That's kind of oh big. My God. I thought you meant like he was slanging on that side of town him. too, or something. I sent him a birthday card, and she calls me. What? So yeah, yeah that's, that's kind that. of a big one. It's kind of a big one. Yeah, just a little bit. One. Um, real yeah. quick, matching tattoos. So, had you already had tattoos prior to getting matching tattoos? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have eight you know tattoos. Yeah. Eight. Okay. Eight. I asked because I, I, I'm a wuss when it comes to tattoos. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I know that <laughs> I came from Missouri, and when I was younger, you know, the old people <laughs> talked about as the devil, you know. But and so I, I know that's <laughs> in my head. But like, my wife has tattoos, and there's been times that we go out, and she's like, "Hey, let's get matching tattoos," and I'm like, "Yeah," and, but. I never do because I'll overthink. Well, what would I get? What do I, what am I gonna want in twenty years? What did it? And you know, for her, she's like, whatever. And I'm I'm the one. So help me through it. So my wife isn't like, bro, will you please like like help me break through? First of all, I love your wife. Okay, because like he's a tattoo head is what yeah, it sounds like. Is. And what I love about how you even just explain that is because that's exactly like. For me, it wasn't about the tattoo, like what I'm getting. Uh, it was about right. the camaraderie of like going with my girlfriends and spending yeah. that time with them. Like I never really got a tattoo by myself, you know? And you know how tattoo culture, you might drink a little bit before you go in or you waiting or whatever. It's just yeah. the vibe. And so it really was the camaraderie yeah. as opposed to just getting the tattoo. But obviously if it don't hurt as bad and you kind of like it, like you yeah. you be in there. I like it. You like had this experience with me, but I want to be clear: we did not have matching tattoos. We just got same tattoos day. on the got same it. day. But that's really good because <laughs> that, that actually makes me think about they've had tattoo parties, like for the girls, and they all get together and hang out and get tattoos, and that, that's a good good point. And I just realized every time that she's talked about it, it has been a time we were like out doing something. We're like on our anniversary, or we're going on a vacation. We're you know, and she's like, hey tattoos and now i feel like a terrible terrible husband because i didn't fulfill that moment of camaraderie thanks latoya yeah that's what i'm saying i hope she sees this as well and like at her perspective because i don't know if she resonates yeah. in the same way that i just explained it but for me that's like if you like hey we're gonna go get a tattoo we're gonna do it together oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah i'll go yeah no I, I can oh. tell you for a fact she's like mm-hmm listen to her spot on i think you hit it spot on <laughs> All right, so awesome. all right, let's get back to the boss. You know, I gotta say it that way. 
I know we haven't got to the meat of what you want. I originally told us 45 minutes. Oh, we good right now? We can go a little longer. So we can kind of we can kind of get done. through it. So get through it. Um, so the boss of you, right? So now you realize it's time to go, time to move on, kind of time to do my own thing. I'm going to LA. I'm in LA. I'm 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 going to makeup shows. I'm networking. I'm about to branch out, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, mm. it's tough, you know. Uh, you know, I came there with thirty five hundred dollars, but it doesn't yeah. last that long. So I had to lean into what I knew, which was working freelance for beauty companies, because I knew I could at least get twenty, twenty five dollars an hour. Um, and that could at least help me cover my monthly bills and things like that. And then also my goal and I always tell other artists, freelancers, my goal was exposure. Only I thought it was only going to be for six months. But what I know now is that you're always yeah. exposing yourself. And so. At freelancing, I took myself, I've I, I worked in every place in Los Angeles County, okay? You cannot name a place that wow. I, I have not worked in. Can we talk about Montebello, Santa Anita, okay, Santa Clarita. We could talk about uh, Thousand Oaks. We could talk about Southgate. We could talk oh, yeah. about all of them. I've worked in all the stores, Beverly Hills, okay? I've been everywhere. So um, I also wanted to just kind of get a vibe of the different people and like, they just needed to know my name is Latoya Deshaun. I'm a makeup artist. I'm here to help you, uh, whatever kind of yeah. needs you might have. And then you start meeting people. Um, then I started working with a, um, uh, a model, you know, of course, she she grabbed on to me. Um, we did a couple of gigs just playing around. And then that next year I started doing yeah. a lot of headshot uh, makeup for models, wow. you know, things like that. And so you just. A little bit here and there, but I had to still rely on retail because I had nothing that was sustainable. And until around 2018, uh, or really 2017, when I was just like, I do need to make a major shift because if I don't, I'll, I'll essentially be stuck in this for like the rest of my life and not be happy. Um, and so then that is when... Um, Coupled with me working in retail, you know how you be on um, social media and somebody will be like, I need like a makeup artist right, today right, too right. if you're available. Or and I would always just reach out and be like, hey, 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 like I'm it, you know, let me know. And they would never reach back. But I always still tell people do it. You never know what people and their needs are. So I would just do it. And there was just one makeup artist who lived in New York who had also moved to um, L.A. maybe two two one or two years uh -huh. after me maybe um and i was just always i'm an engager so if, if if i follow you and i like what you post i'm gonna heart it i'm gonna say dope i'm gonna put yeah, some yeah. fire you know like i'm not gonna act go. like i don't see you and so um i was doing that like and sort of like hyping them up just from me because genuinely i liked his makeup mm. and stuff like that and so one day he said hey is anybody available i need a makeup artist and i say yeah i'm here and then he calls me and he says, hey, I got this art uh, person for you, which at the time it was uh, Rashida mm. from Love & Hip Hop. They were doing a scene here in L.A. and he wanted me to go do her makeup. And so that was cool. Was. I didn't um, know that, that that each person would have like their own. I thought it'd be like you go and you're the makeup artist or this team is the makeup artist for the, the show, like all the talent. They were probably uh, in Atlanta, but because she's in L.A. and it's on it. location... Grab a local sense. makeup artist here. I, yeah, and so they went through a makeup uh, agency, which they probably work with. In I don't Atlanta think I even knew that there well. was makeup agencies. That's dope. I mean, it makes Absolutely. sense when you say it makeup out loud, agency. but you know, if you don't think about it, you don't think about it. Yeah, makeup and hairstyles yeah. and nails and um, stuff like that. Both their agencies for that. And so, um, 
he was with an agency and so they had just called and asked me and that was a real pivotal moment because um when we're talking about struggling and not being able not saying that i couldn't pay my bills but it was just always like okay the bill here but when the check gonna come or you're working for a tv film and net 30 and net 60 and that means 30 yeah, days 60 days you know and sometimes you may not have the money until you get there and so you feel like you're struggling there's been days where i had to share food with friends just to make breakfast like i remember Grinding. that you know um and so i was down but i wasn't mm -hmm. out and, and so um i remember i got a a, a bill for 250 dollars for my heat bill and i know that's crazy for one bedroom one person Facts. in california but um, I remember when I said I was a kid and I was living with my mom, I said, look, I will be able to afford to have my heat on as high as I want. Because, you know, it's snow and they go over there tripping, talking about the heat. And I'm over there sleeping in, in, in a down coat because you won't let me turn the heat on. Mom. So I was like, I'm wait till I get my own house. My heat. So, exactly. But when you see that $250 bill for one bedroom, one person living in California. You're like, where that coat at? <laughs> Put my down code back up. I started to panic. Like, what am I going to do? Because that's just astronomical yeah. and money's not there. And I remember at this point, and I've always considered myself to be a religious person in that I do follow doctrine. Um, I said, well, what is the one thing that I need to start doing different? You know, and this is putting more trust in God or, or if I am having a problem, like praying to God and letting them know this is what it is yeah. instead of me trying to. Be, be in front of him, which is, again, a, a big lesson uh, that we always are trying to learn. Like, stop trying to move in front of God. Every we'll be time. limited every, every time. time. And so I remember praying that prayer and just saying, hey, God, you told me not to worry that if this problem, give it over to you and don't worry about it. Within 30 minutes, I get a call to work on Rashida for Love and Hip Hop for $300. And the agency takes a 10% cut. So it's $270. Remember that heat bill yeah. is 250 within 30 minutes. Wow. Right? I always tell it's such a pivotal moment in terms of, you know, what are the, some of the things that happen in your life that gives you that bump mm -hmm. to keep on going? And that was one of those. Th I didn't care about Rashida. I was care it was $300. I and it was nice to work with her. She was very nice um, to work and you with her. And you so, recognized yeah, it. Was, I think that's another big thing that people miss is that God speaks to us. Now, he may not speak the way you thought. Mm -hmm. That sign may not look the way you thought it was going to look when you asked God for a sign. But it's there. The hard part is that discernment and recognition of like, hold on. I just mm -hmm. said this. Absolutely. And then this happened. And that perfectly goes with this. And if it had enough, then I wouldn't be able to this. And that's how that's how I play out. Yeah. Like if I didn't just reach out, yeah. put myself out there, you know, then there wouldn't have been an opportunity right. to pay that right. bill when it came to reinforce what I said when I was 15 years old. Right. Right. right? All of that. And so after I did that gig, um, and I guess it went well with the team. Um, he called me again and said, hey, and um, they need you hmm. to do another gig for me. I said, okay, cool. So I go over to this woman's house. Um, I do her makeup, uh, and then I do it the next day, the second day, did her makeup. And after that, I will go on to do her makeup for three years. And this is the co-founder of Black Lives the Matter. Co-founder of Black Lives Matter. This, this is a black woman. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The co-founder of Black Lives Matter. And so I, she had just had a book come out when they call you a terrorist. So she was doing a book tour. So essentially they needed a makeup artist for her. Got it. And so 
Um, um, and so I've, I, I actually had um, a guest on that was telling me that he was in favor. See, I happened so then he was saying no it actually was um the black lives matter organization and then later on after the george floyd situation or maybe it was a trayvon one of the situations then it turned into a movement but then that was like a separate uh thing do you know if you if you do do you know anything about any of that that ain't my business what is my business is that she was the co-founder of Black Lives Matter and she, uh, you know, did everything. I, I mean, she was like, she's like my Martin mm. Luther King, you know. Um, no one can do what wow. she did. Um, not many people would do that, you know, and things like that. And so... Black Lives Matter was very much an organization before George Floyd. It's just that even when she talked, she said, you know, I was a person before yeah. I was politicized. And so Black Lives Matter, just like a lot of things people do to confuse us, they politicize yeah. it instead of really understanding that this is human rights. And so when you have that and then you have black folks who have not really have been strong mm. in how we stick together, then it gets all messy. And so I just can't yeah. speak for that. I, I need stuff. to do more research on it because he he says something that was very explosive on the show. And when people bring things to the show, especially if I don't know about it, you know, I don't try to tell anybody they're wrong, clearly, because maybe you've done more research than I have. Um, but I try to go do my own research to then either bring that person back to talk about it or whatever, just so we're always dealing in truth. But one thing that they said was that the original organization on their website was specifically talking about rethinking the nuclear family in so many words, because the founders were uh, was a lesbian couple. That's what was said. And I'm like, OK, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot for me to unpack. <laughs> so funny because that's not even true. <laughs> and, and see, you know her, so I'm gonna take that. That was my research. I just did my research. Black Lives Matter was started from three women who are not together. You see, you see, this I told people in like our fifth episode, I said this is gonna be the real truth social. We're gonna get down to truth at all times. Here's the thing, what I'll tell you though, without not making it Black Lives Matter specific, but specifically what I got from working mm. with her for three years. People hate to see mm. Black women get it. People hate to see mm. Black women succeed. Don't be gay. Don't be queer while you at it. Don't be anything that they don't want you to be acceptable because you already got a dagger on you. And so you as a Black woman, any Black woman, we know the game when we say, hey, we want to step up, speak up for ourselves, go into entrepreneurship. They're going to be somebody trying Absolutely. to tear you down. I, I saw that. So what it really did for me was help me to learn how to mm. position myself and how to show strength mm. despite all of that and stay focused on the main task at hand. That's what I saw her do. And I admire So her she greatly. added to the boss. You know, that, that, that boss I was talking about earlier, when you, like, you grit and you mean it. Like I, I feel like her presence in your life in your journey kind of added a little bit of fuel to that place. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I remember praying to God saying, I mm. need mentorship in my life. And then he allows her to be my client for three years and I can still get paid for it. Like, this is why I tell people, look, 
you can get paid to still learn. And so I was able to ask her questions while I'm doing her makeup, just about entrepreneurial stuff, you know, things like that. But really what's sad about it is that, you know, she's such a powerful woman in that, like, you know, uh, people don't really know. She's from Van Nuys, like somewhere in the hood. She's a girl, we're a year apart. She didn't grow up. She grew up in humble beginnings. So when we're talking about building an organization yeah. like Black Lives Matter I, or anything, like yeah. we're still learning, learning phase. And I just feel like when you're a Black woman yeah. trying to do anything, ain't no room for you to just, like, there's no grace for Black women. And that's what I really learned working with her. So I'm just, I, 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 yeah. I hope she's home resting. That's what I tell her all the time. We haven't talked in a while. I'm not her client. Um, she, yeah. She's not my client anymore. But rest is what she I want her to do. She deserves what, it. What is her name? Mm-hmm. Patrice, Patrice Colors. Colors. Patrice Colors. Colors. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Shout out to you, Patrice. Yeah. Thank you for mm-hmm. all your hard work. Shout out to Patrice. A lot of people talk, especially in nowadays. You know, we talk a lot about where are our mm-hmm. uh, leaders now? Where are our, our you know, Martin Luther King's and Malcolm X's. And a lot of times they may not stand out the same way because um, just the times have changed. But we do have people that really uh-huh. like take their life and really stand in front of a cause and put their fist in the air, plant their feet in the soil and say, like, no, nah, I'm going to stand for this for everybody behind me or anybody coming after that. And so you got to really, uh, you know, give a shot. Because I'm not sad enough to go and almost get killed every day to go defend black men. I, I'm wow. not. Come on, come on. Let's <laughs> do like that. I'm just saying, I love you, but I'm not. But that was her purpose in life, you know? And so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it was a really, yeah. really yeah. great time. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. I know we took a little sideline, but that that was a, a, a very interesting and I think a very uh, poignant per- uh, piece to to put out about her. And just overall, and to clear up misconceptions, and I love what you said about black women because that is, that's a hot topic, you know what I mean? And, and that's a real issue that we deal with and have dealt with for decades about, you know, the black woman finally getting their just due. So I feel like our struggles are separate, and but they both need each other, you know what I mean? Black men need black women's support. Black women need black men's support. It's not a, sometimes, you know, part of destroying us it's dividing it, you know. Then the conversation is like, well, they're better off than you, or you're better. Ah, we have a struggle as yeah. as our people, period. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Just a great time to learn from her. And um, the two clients that I would have after her as well, I learned from them as well, too. So I feel like I got what I needed in terms of that mentorship. I would go on to uh, as when George Floyd did get killed, I went to work like every day because wow. she was just on. She was everywhere. And so um, I started working with other production companies and other teams. And I started to learn the makeup game from the more high profile uh, level. I started to get mentors, which I always talk to people about mentors. Like I had those mentors set up like a year or two before I started popping off. Um, and so I tell people, if you're not trying to put in a year of just building rapport with a person you could want to have a mentor, then you're not trying to get it because 
if you want them to be your mentor, you got to know that they're not sitting there waiting to just respond right, to right. your message and they're busy. So it took, you know, so, so at the right time, I had mentors now that I could send um, my stuff to to help me negotiate my contracts and figure out mm -hmm. what my rate should be. And like, that's when I learned that I don't necessarily got to work on set all day or do I even have to go and all this and that. Like, nitty gritty. You know, I was just able I was able to just yeah. be more bold as opposed to like being this meek person, this black person on set who 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 needs to feel like it's an mm. honor that she's there. Like, no, yeah. I know now what what it looks like to be asked to go on a set of this caliber. And I'm yeah, gonna ask you're up here you now. You're not somebody that's welcomed in the back door, like, no, I come through the front like everybody else. I have something that adds mm -hmm. to this production like everybody else, and so I want to be treated as such. Yeah. Absolutely. And so many instances uh, in between that 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 um, three year time uh, that mm. really showed me that. So and gave me such a level of confidence to now go and um, build, build. Gotcha. What I wanted. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I saw a post you made about toxic relationships. Actually, I think you specifically said people that like like kind of like you or sort of like you, something like that. The kind of like philosophy. Did you experience that during this time in your life? You know, as a makeup artist kind of getting into Hollywood or is that more on the personal side of things? Hmm. It's both. Um, kind of like did come from uh, an encounter mm. in makeup for sure. That's what I'm I actually started talking about kind of like in uh, oh, wow, I think okay. 2021 or yeah because yeah. that's when it first showed up kind of. so uh yeah I think personally and professionally we have to really discern and gauge like what is real pe people's real intentions of wanting to be uh around us also I think like for people like myself who just uh, have gone through uh trauma and things like that and certainly have been neglected and all of that um you know how valuable how do these people treat you in in these relationships and things like that obviously if I'm not responding or if I'm having an emotional reaction that that is really crazy like why am I not knowing that this is not good for me and so all those things i didn't really like have a handle on at that time because um even in my high achievement i was sort of hiding the fact that um i hadn't um really gotten the emotional support that i really really needed and so um kind of friends are people who don't really care about that part and they are really just you know they it's, it's a shallow exchange but you don't really get to know like how these people are or anything yeah. like that. And so I I know how to put those people yeah. in their category now before um, I did not. And that is an everyday ongoing yeah. journey. And I was going to ask that because, you know, you're to me, you know, being in L.A. for so long, I know what it looks like to make it. You're right. I know what it looks like in any field to actually yeah. get out there and put your name out there. Like getting your name out there is like a whole nother art form. We could do a whole nother podcast just talking about strategies of networking and getting over your own self-confidence and belief. And oh yeah, I teach that. That's what I teach in my to uh when I teach freelance. See? And so and that's what I was about to ask is like, mm -hmm. so as you're doing this and as you're being on so much you're in, in people's faces you're on set you're networking you're on how is that affecting you personally so uh when i was yeah. in the thick of it you know you're almost 
I mean, a lot of it in the beginning, like you questioning yourself, yeah. your worth, your value, like, you know, especially the way I came in, like, it's not like I was this artist from like a kid and it's like, oh, it's e oh she's an artist. This makes sense. You know, I came in a different route and really I I love the more sales part of, of makeup as a, as opposed to me. I love makeup, I lo but I love taking care of, of women. And that's what um, I realized in this process. But, you know, you start off with everything. You have to get comfortable. And you, so you have to continue to, I call it uncomfortably comfortable. So you have to sort of accept this discomfort while you're trying to navigate yeah. through. And then as you start to build your network of people, I call it people, places, and things that are going to make sure you yeah. get what you want, you begin to get more confident. How that really manifested is because you go get people who have been mm. where you want to go. So if I'm saying, hey, I got this gig and I need to know the rate, if they say that it should be around this rate because they done this, then now I feel a little bit more confident to sure. go ask for that as opposed to That's just true. on Very my true. own. And then maybe if I go in on my own without really knowing how to assess this situation, I, they're going to come back in with a negotiation. Am I going to like lower right. myself? Like, what right. are we going to do here? And so I don't want to hurt the industry by doing that, by not doing my due diligence, which is what a lot of artists um, are out yeah. here doing. And so uh, getting that mentorship. And then one of my mentors, and I tell her this all the time, so she drilled in me the kind of questions to ask. And I put all those questions in my course. Because instead of just thinking, hey, I'm a makeup artist, let me right. just charge this price. There's a lot more that factors huh. into that decision. You know, you could be, you think you might just be doing some makeup, body's makeup at their house. But then if they going over to Beyonce's house, to go shoot a video that's different. Different. If they about to walk out, if they about to walk out and go to a premiere, that's different. different. Yeah. But but you'll get tricked because you went to their house thinking that you they're mm. going out to dinner and you could have gotten a thousand dollars as opposed to the one twenty five you walked out with. That part. So there's questions yeah. that you ask to able to get to a real number and what you should. And so when you're to. when you're talking about your class and what you teach, is it specific? to a certain category of profession? Is it specific to being in entertainment, being a makeup artist, being in, you know, cosmetology? Is it, or is it more, or sorry, cosmetics? Or is it a general and people can apply it wherever they are in their lives? My frameworks are life frameworks, okay? Selling is nothing but psychology. And so, but who my target audience is, is uh, uh, makeup freelancers. I can extend myself to just beauty freelancers as well. Um, but typically a freelancer is not someone who works at a place uh, full-time or part-time. So, or, or they could be seeking to work gigs outside of their full-time or part-time gigs. So they could work in a salon, but they might have a desire to have freelance hmm. clients on yeah. the side. Okay. They could work uh, for um, a studio, but they can also say, Hey, I want to go take on, um, personal clients. So that is a freelance person. And so the people that I work with are not people who are, are beginners because I don't teach makeup. Um, like that's not, if you notice me talking about my makeup career, yeah, we ain't talking yeah. about makeup. Um, that's not my first love. And obviously, if you want to go learn makeup, go on YouTube and there's like a gajillion people that True. you can go and learn from. But if you want to learn how to sell it, right, to get those clients and also make more money and also add on mm -hmm. work less, 
um, then I'm your girl because in that time I was bringing home over a thousand a day and working a, approximately an hour a day. <laughs> That's, that margin is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it is. You don't want to go right, back. Once, once you get you've there, been there, sheesh. Hour. Exactly, and so. And I always tell people, and I've been saying this even before I, I knew that this was like a strong thing for me, is like, I just want to make money as fast as possible so I can go and be available to have lunch Ugh. with the people that I love. I remember I said it yeah. exactly like that. And it's amazing how God made sure that that happened the way in yeah. which it did. It's beautiful. I could literally walk out of this house and I would say a total of an hour and 15 minutes. I could go to my clients, do her makeup and be back in this house in an hour and 15 wow. minutes. And all, all that yep. happened from... That first spark of, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. But yeah, and the yeah. I'm gonna I'm move to LA. I'm a right on the Instagram. Just I'm gonna just say, hey, you good? I That's like your it. work, and and then we get we get all the way to yeah. walking out the door for over a thousand a day. All right, so I gotta ask because it's it's been lingering in the background of this conversation since uh, an interaction. Relationship, you about to go back to that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, you know who he is. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna go back to because there, it has been an incredible journey since that conversation with your mom in college. And so, my question is, what do you mean, my mom in college? Or are you talking about in eighth grade when I told her I wasn't gonna go so to high school? Which was one? it college or high school? That, that. When she, when I, yeah, the, the private school, school. Sorry, that was high school. Oh, that was grade school. That's thirteen. Got it. Okay, I think I mixed. Maybe we rushed through that too fast, and I didn't catch the the years. I remember basically your mom trying to get you into one school, but then you getting into another school, and so yeah. 13. thirteen. So now that now that we look back, how does your mom look at you now? Like you you've done it you know what i mean i know you're still going places we'll talk about that i know the the road is not yet finished but from where you were in chicago to where you are now massive massive growth how does mom look at it uh, i don't know i really if i want to be honest with you i don't know um these are the things that we don't talk yeah. about out loud you know when i when i started to do well in my career and started to get the front cover magazines wow. and you know the all the accolades really started coming in publicly um i don't remember getting phone calls saying congratulations even the the facebook socials wasn't lit like i wasn't like getting like the congratulations wow. and all that so you know it's true, you know, when you start doing well, people feel like you 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 remove yourself mm. from them and they don't know how to really celebrate mm. celebrate you. Um, and so that's one of the sadder moments uh, that I had to experience my, my first cover of British Vogue wow. and picking up the phone to call people to tell people what happened and nobody being available. Um, I think my mom would say I'm proud, but I don't know if it's, cause mm. I don't feel it. You know, like, you know, like I know probably, yeah, like they're proud, but I don't feel that. I feel like they probably go tell people, my mom and my dad, but I don't feel that um, from my family members. And that in 2020 was a big hit to um, 
just like how, how I had lived life because a lot of it was to, you know, you want to do well, you want to build something for you and yeah. your family. And, and again, it was another moment to say, I gotta, I gotta do this for wow. me. Yeah. I mm -hmm. can see the pain there. That makes sense. That, that, that tracks. Yeah. You had, it, it's tough to go out into the world and get so much love and go home and not feel that same love. Yeah, or you work so hard, you know, but again, when we talk about um, trauma and things like that and just being neglected and abandoned and, and mm. generational trauma really is, just, yeah, I, my, my thing is people are doing mm. the best that they can. Sometimes the best is trash. Yep. Okay. We're going to take that. Um, but that's but that's not that's not a dig to yeah. my mom. It's just in general, I just think yeah. people are uncomfortable when when people seemingly had the same yeah. head start in life, and then you go off to do different things. Or if someone in the family sees that you might have had mm. an, a better opportunity, and then you know that jealousy yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, it happens. Just, it life. happens. It's sadly natural, but it does happen. Um, so so. Yeah. <laughs> So this is in the background, you know, of your career. Obviously, it's something that you feel you don't bring it to the forefront all the time. But does it in being a life coach, does does having that that having to deal with that balance of what happens with my family, what happens in my professional life and how that's gone through your life? Does that affect how you're able to help someone else when you're doing life coaching and they're maybe going through personal things or they're struggling with that balance as well? Absolutely. Um, for me, I consider my company a personal development company because it all comes down yeah. to personal development. How you act in your career stems from how you felt about yourself in general and how you were reared in your childhood. So oftentimes, because I also have just been doing this for what, like four or five years now, a lot of women are dealing yeah. with mom trauma and they don't call it out loud. And somehow I'm able to fidget in there a little bit yeah. and help them out. Um, and I'm really grateful for that because that's not something that I ever thought that I could like speak to, you know, in that way. But I'm glad to be that huh. support for people um, in terms of confidence. This is all a game of confidence. Yeah. And so what do you believe about yourself so that you could develop that confidence, right? Who are the people, places, and things that you need to eliminate so that you can get to what you want? And who are the people that you need huh. to get on your team? Um, I call that yeah. expand your network, your vibe, your tribe. It all ends with community. Um, and so those are some of the things that I've had to really deal with um, in keeping on this career that I have and really moving towards a more healthier life, one mm. that honors myself. It's all a personal yeah. development journey. Like selling is nothing but psychology as well. Um, but, you know, it's just it's it's I do it in a certain way where you can. Uh, convert your sales so that you can make money. And so in, in being such a great salesman, which I see it, I can see it. I can see it in the smile. I can see it in the, in the smizing beautiful, right? I, I get it. Yeah. So you're, you're consistently, you know, trying to meet the needs of your client. You're consistently trying to see what they need, right? Whether they know it or not, whether they're coming to you to let them know what they need, however you're approaching this particular sale. And I've also heard yeah. you talking about prioritizing your own needs and why that's, mm -hmm. you know, a Absolutely. big deal. Can you talk about that? 
Because I always say, like, my whole tagline in my company is, you've been serving everyone, yet being served the least, mm. not anymore. And, you know, for people who want to get certain kind of clients and, and walk out the door for over a thousand dollars, you can't go get that kind of client if you yourself don't have that That's kind of that. energy. Beyonce don't have people in her space that think, you know, little of yeah. themselves in the craft. Yeah. And, and there, you know, and so uh, that's how that ties into uh, the kind of work. And so, you know, it's not just about I'm not just doing your makeup now and it's just oh. all about you. OK, I don't get to abandon myself no more, not for the job or for anybody. I get to now say, like, under these confines, what's going to make me comfortable so that I can do mm, the best work yeah. for you? And so it's really, and this is a part, this is like stage six in coaching. It's really, it's called recommitting to the life huh. you deserve and what it actually looks like. And I built in a path, I call it the pathway huh. to freedom, to, to get you clear on the way in which you should go about that. Should you ever get it mixed up and then you start abandoning yourself and not prioritizing it. Wow. So you said that's step six? Yeah. How many, can you share yeah, the steps with us? Well, well, that's week six, week six in the in the coaching when I coach freelancers. But the pathway to freedom is basically it looks like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, it pretty much it starts with spirituality being the base and the one that you should spend yeah. the most time with. Um, we know that we need to be more grounded in how what we make meaning of the world. Don't start saying God this and God that when the, the you know when the troubles are here. Yeah. What can you do to improve your relationship with God? I ain't say Jesus and Yahweh and Allah and all of them. So don't, 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 don't try to confuse this, but whatever it is you praying to, how, how do you make meaning of the world to a place where mm. it brings you peace? So spirituality is so important and, and, and most of what you should be working on yeah. throughout the day. After that is your mental yeah. health and your physical health. We know that uh, the impact of uh, us not taking care of ourselves usually shows up in physical, um, you know, uh, problems. I passed out at a club in 2018. Oh. That was one of the catalysts for me. I know. We'll talk about it in a second. It was one of the catalysts for me getting my life together. And so um, I've gone on a big health journey in the last three, four years to get myself together. I feel like I'm in the best health of my life now. I'm feeling stronger than ever. And so um, and then I also have a therapist. I got my pastor. We check in once a month from Chicago. Like I'm not playing about this thing that I say I won't. And so the next level after that is relationships, which again is the biggest level that you'll work on because what are these people, places, and things? Because we always, you know, you might have your parents around you and they might not be good for you. You might have cousins around, but are you going to really choose yourself? Do you think you matter oh. enough? You know, and so you'll always battling that yeah. so you get stronger and then the last two levels is career and finance and for those people when we get there i just tell people tell me what you want like what is it that you really want and and that's a part you know what do you want why do you want it how much you want to make and that's the finance and really the first three levels if you are obedient there then the byproduct of your obedience is that career and financial gain that you want and then bonus level volunteerism and luxury you should Ooh. be giving your time back you should be making sure that you luxuriate and, and make sure that you go do whatever it is you want. With oh, this yeah. New life. I love that. Exactly. The bonus level. The bonus level. Which is a beautiful level. Give back to mm -hmm. yourself. Give back to people. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's the bonus. And so I've helped a yeah. few women along the way who uh, 
I have actually seen that being played out and it's such yeah. a beautiful journey um, when I sort of slow them down or, or remind them that whatever's for you is uh. not going to miss you. And so I've seen them take more trips than they've taken in the last few years. Their money has also gotten better. Um, things like that. Uh -huh. So look, we teach it. And this is what I teach. I just want this for uh, other women. You're doing an incredible like thing for the women that you meet. The women that you're able to touch. That's a blessing. <laughs> I, I pray that it continues to flourish. And one day you have a team of people and it's happening in multiple cities. And these stages are just happening for all black women all over the place. And like Amen. It. I receive that. And so uh, I know that we, were, we, we already talked about my international travels, but getting to now, yeah. what does all of this look like now that I'm in tune with myself? Uh, I live also, I don't live in America full time anymore. So I live between Accra, Ghana and Habarong, wow. Botswana. And um, I have created a workshop over there um, to help women basically to, to, to basically highlight revolutionary yeah. women um, who have committed to the life yeah. that they deserve. It's called uh, Redefine Her. Define yeah, so that next one is coming up March uh, 2024. I love, I love it. And so I was going <laughs> to ask what's next for Latoya, but it sounds like that's what's next. Yeah. That's what's next. Yeah, so really uh, moving into this coaching space. So along with helping artists, you know, again, like a lot of his personal development. So just life coaching, emotional yeah. support coaching. Um, if we want to do strategic planning, um, I just got to finish coaching a woman in Botswana going over her business and we, we did a strategic planning um, uh, thing for her. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, my goal is to, how can I make this money right as go. fast as I care, but also how can I uh -huh. serve God's people where I can get the blessings back and do that in a way that honors me, which I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, I just don't want to mm -hmm. work that hard anymore in the physical like I did when I, with, with my makeup these last 17 years. So if I can log on to this computer and and, 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 and help you do what hey. you need to do, and I can be in any country that I want to be in, and I can go <laughs> do the things that I want, that's, that's life. my life. And so, so that, um, and then brand consulting. So also getting into, um, now that I've broken these records, right, with these brands, wow. and I know how to sell water to a well. Yeah, let me go ahead and help you guys do the same thing. Um, let me help you. Let me show you. It's, it's, the framework is called Never Stop Selling. So uh, I'm going to show you how to create what I what I consider to be um, an, um, an amazing customer service experience that converts into a lot of money. So that's brand consulting, which, again, I could do that in person. We could do that virtual. It don't matter. Um, and then, you know, gearing up to become a public speaker so that I can share story with other folks um and you know continue to inspire all around the world you have made an impact on this world as i can hear you've made an impact on me and i'm pretty sure all the listeners today you have a great story always selling and and it feels like you can see it you know what i mean from from the beginning you tell me what's the impact tell me what's the impact oh, first you off you I, i'm gonna go back and find out all of my makeup colors that's first Okay. Second, I'm gonna go tell my wife. I'm I'm sorry that I didn't get a tattoo. When you want to go, okay? Because I feel like I've taken that away from her, and she gotta wait until she. I, that should be me. You know, you know what I'm saying? That should be me. And, yeah. and I think third, it's really, really, really great for black men to hear the struggles and the stories and the 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 success of our black sisters that are out there because we don't always see each other's struggles. We know them, we know they're there, we recognize it, but 
I think it's a different, a different level of appreciation for it when you hear it. You hear someone's nuances of their story, like the good and the bad. What happened on the personal side, the family, the the believing in myself, the looking to God, the moments that God showed Himself and gave you these 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 um these nuggets and direction, and you move forward. And I think all of that is so healing, you know, overall that. Yeah. Yeah, that's an incredible impact on me today. And I, that's just a little bit. We're going to start with the makeup, though. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I mean, I, and, I, and, I, and this is healing for me as well, because this is just the life that mm. I've always lived. So I don't really necessarily sometimes right. hold it in regard. Um, because it's just how I've been flowing since I was a kid. But, you know, in these moments of, you know, talking and letting other people hear the story, that's why, like, the first pillar of my company is behind every mm, face is a story. That's true. So, you know, just understanding that we are all uniquely made and, like, we should care to or be curious to know those Absolutely. inner parts. And so, um, in doing that, like, I get to see what other people see that I might not see in myself. Right. I do right. And that's good. That's why we, I, that's why I think communication is, you know, so obviously key sounds cliche, but it's what separates us from the animals, like being able to come together and really like talk and listen and understand and appreciate another person's story. There's even in talking your own story, there's something that you get out of it. There's some, something that happens that's restorative, that's, that's uh, inspirational, that's regenerative, like things just happen from, from yeah. just dealing in that space. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your truths and your honesty, your transparency. And thank you for everything that you're doing. Yeah. Everything. I hope that any and every black woman that watches this or black man that knows a black one, anybody directs them to Latoya Deshaun because I think that you have something really special, you know, to give to people. Very special. You know, I, pre I appreciate it so much. Yeah, I've been coaching people mm. in Botswana. I'm coaching someone in Kenya right now. So this DJ, nice. I'm really helping him out. Um, you know, working with women here, a lot of women in LA, like these, um, from from hair to, to makeup. Like, I, I like to say I like to help. Like, a yeah. lot of people ask me for help, but it always kind of still narrows down yeah, to somebody yeah. in beauty. And so, so it's either beauty and or entertainment. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I guess that's my, that's right. literally my background. So it works, like, it works, it tracks. Um, yeah, it does. And so I'm, I'm happy when like every, everybody's like, I don't hide, like whatever. I remember I helped me and a hairstylist worked on a set together and I asked her, I said, how much you making? She was making a thousand oh. less than me. And I was just like, this is not cool. And so uh, the next gig, actually, my client needed a hairstylist. And I said, I told the girl, I said, put down $1,000. And she did. And that was her first $1,000 she made. That quick. Hey, if you only help one, you've done a lot. Clearly <laughs> 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 you have. All right, Latoya, if anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they find you? Um, Latoya Deshaun, L-A-T-O-Y-A-D-E-S-H-A-U-N. Pretty much you can like Google that or whatever. I don't want to sound like that person, but I am proud that you can Google Latoya Deshaun and there's some stuff. You'll get on there. You'll see stuff about makeup, personal development, mama, trauma, um, chronic pain, which I didn't talk about a lot today, but those are generally things I talk about. But YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. whatever. Just, just find her. That's it. Um, 
I'm there you go. Don't I'm worry not. about the, what it says at the top of the screen. Just make sure she on the screen and connect with, connect with Latoya. Yeah, you can also go to www.patentleatherproject.com. It's going to start with you've been serving everybody, yet being served the least. Not, not anymore. anymore. And we'll, I love and we'll it. go from there. Latoya, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Hopefully we can have you back. Anytime you want to come, you are more than welcome. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. If anybody wants coaching, hit me up. Let's do this. Let's get you some money. Let's get your life. Let's get Be you the boss. life you really you know want. Be a boss. <laughs> Be a All boss. right. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 31 of the Pod is Good podcast. Latoya Deshaun. What a story. Did I, did I, did I let you know? Did we disappoint? Another one in the books. A beautiful story of of, of growth and, and, and exploration and belief and confidence and now giving back and trying to build the confidence of others to increase their stories. Imagine, imagine if we all worked just that hard to help the next person. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That being said, pot is good. And all the time, I am Cashmere, California. This is the Pot is Good podcast. I will see you guys on the next show, hopefully. Hopefully very soon. I should have episode three. Um, sorry, episode 32. Man, I was off. Episode 32 coming very shortly. Until then, peace out.